What's up guys, it's Sean and welcome back to the Ehem Podcast and this episode is brought to you by Dreamy which is a robot vacuum cleaner that has a station that allows it to really self-wash and self-rinse and self-whatever which is amazing, it really saves me a lot of time Do check out the link below, there's a promo code available as well And now let's head on to the email today This is from Kumar. Hi, Sean. I started to follow your content on YouTube recently, less than a week after I made the decision to invest in a property. Really good content and I genuinely feel you're more focused on educating the community rather than earning through this platform. Probably have watched 20 to 30 videos of yours and it has always been very informative and served all I need to know on the plate. Well done. I am a graduate working in the UK, 25 years old, and just started my job about six months back and earning around 9,000 ringgit net every month. So now I get a decision on the visa, thus it sort of provides security to my job here. I don't have any debts apart from basic spending and rental. I could have gotten a car, but I feel it's wiser to just invest in a property instead. I feel that I'm ready to take a step into property investment and this is the right time. I did some homework on which property to buy and decided to focus on properties in Klang Valley. This is because the rental yield and demand are always convincing and I believe in a property at the right spot can't really go wrong of course, depends on how much you got it for with incentive and bank valuation. I was deciding between North Kiara and KL Central. Have studied the rental yield, I was assured that KL Central would be the ideal place to invest apart from being the most strategic place. Even though it's slightly over my budget, which is 2007, I think it's worth the money for future returns. There is no more land available within the CBD, hence bringing great value to this property of my interest. I have created my own spreadsheet to analyze every detail I got to know about my target property from selling price, valuation price, fees incurred, rental per square feet and returns, how much I have to cough out, maintenance fees, so on and so forth. I am looking at the property price of around 750000 for a 650 square feet unit, over 1000 per square feet after all the incentive from the developer. Question, I need advice from you. Number one, bank valuation of 10 to 15% more than the selling price. Certain layout has lesser than 10% margin. Ideally, we expect to get around 20 to 30%, but I'm certain that it's because of the high demand in the area, which reduces the margin between the selling price and the SPA price. Your take on this, whether it's the right time to buy in general. Number two, is this a good investment from your point of view, which has an estimation of four ringgit per square feet in rental return? Negative bleed also won't be so bad, I assume. Number three, what would be the best strategy to allow positive income and sustain. Number four, based on my estimation on the longest it could go untenanted is one year. I ensure I can cover the full installment for a year in those situations. Number five, anything else that I need to be aware of. Hoping to get a response from you as that would really be helpful to give some level of assurance. Sorry for the very long message and thank you in advance. Looking forward to more of your content. Have a great day. So first of all, Kuma, thank you very much for reaching out from UK. Recently, once you go into a new country, then suddenly you will venture out into new audiences, new content and all. Very good, uh, very solid. Anyway, you are now earning around 9,000 ringgit. Why don't you write in pound? I think that's like divide by 5.5, 2,000 something pound. And because of that, you think that you want to invest in Malaysia. So I'm always very happy when youngsters finally make that switch, right? Now I want to invest in properties. So when that happens, that 
really kickstart a whole different level of thinking and maturity in life because now the entire game plan of how you spend money, how you live your lifestyle, all will change. But the main crucial thing that I think part of your question, right, you are missing out where will you be in the future because the main challenge of investing while earning in a different currency, right? Ultimately, the forex exchange must be considered. For example, a lot of Singaporeans will be delighted to buy Malaysia property. At the cost of a HDB in Singapore, you can easily afford a KLCC unit with those prices, especially after you times 3.3. Besides acquiring and owning the property, right? Ultimately, there will be a day for the exit plan. So what's the exit plan then? Are you going to cash out everything even if you make a lot of money? For example, if you buy a property at 1.5 million, maybe 10 years later, you earn 25%, right? Or you earn until 2 million you sell, you earn 500,000, which is 33%. Then everything divide by the Forex exchange across 10 years time, what's left then? Because by investing in a different country, what involves in that process as well would be the different management style, the different risk. You will just have more stress mentally as well. And suddenly, hey, the tenant today don't want to pay. Hey, the tenant here say that it's leaking. Hey, something wrong with your unit. And if you are not comfortable to those who risk and you are not comfortable in pay somebody else handsomely enough so they will do it, right? It's going to be a havoc in mind. That applies to UK as well and it's actually worse lah, because of the 12 hours flight difference. Although the conversion of pound into ringgit is very big, which allows you to own a property that is a among the high-end areas. So that's why like a fresh grad salary of 3,000, 2,007, right? Everything times 5.5, right? Suddenly you are 13,000, which is a T20 in Malaysia itself. In that case, then should you get such a property straight away. Why must you go for KL Central? Why not go for like a Bukit Jalil apartment here where it's around 400,000 rental can get you 1,006. Or you can go to Subang, USJ area, the apartments there, 3 400,000, you can still get a rental of 1,004, 1,005 pretty easily, which is a very stable, very safe, even if the property is one year empty, right? You wouldn't really feel the pinch much because 1,005, let's say, it's going to be like 300 pound per month kind of situation instead of going for a new property so that's something to consider so that's that's something very important to be in discussion especially when you are investing from a different domain or a different country as per se right so all these needs to be discussed because ultimately your circumstance will change like many people that go into Singapore thinking that they will always come back to Malaysia right what happens if they met the right girl or the right boy then they set up their family there what happens to all the property there when they want to acquire a HDB never know one especially if you are in UK right now are you planning to come back if you do when all this needs to be taken into consideration what if Forex goes south, suddenly now, yeah, it's like four ringgit per pound, it's not 5.5 anymore. There's just additional risk when you do things abroad, okay? The second thing I would suggest is to kind of wait a little bit. Like now you are 25, right? And I would suggest uh, to not invest first. 
because you just like got the new job for like six months only then you don't want to have a car you choose to save it and to put into property investment that's great seriously that's great but i would suggest to explore a different route this is a very left field kind of situation so i'm going to throw you a curveball here is instead invest in your skill set to make more money first when you are 25. What's the rush in committing yourself to a property in Malaysia now? Because like when you say that the capital appreciation wise, like profit margin wise, whatever you want to call it, who can guarantee you that? Because the fact of the matter is for a lot of condos and apartments in KL, the selling price when the property is done compared to when they were launched, not much premium. In fact, sometimes the selling price, once the customers get their keys, are actually lower than their SBA price. So please do not expect that once you buy a brand new property in Malaysia, four years down the road, it will confirm make money and you can estimate like 10 to 18%. Who can guarantee you that? If that person can really guarantee you that, right? Why isn't he buying the whole block? In my opinion, instead of putting those money into a property in Malaysia, take those money and invest in yourself instead. Like, try like you are only 25, so invest in anything above the neckline, which means getting yourself educated in terms of cost, upgrade yourself in terms of skill sets, get yourself ready for opportunities to come. Because now at 25, you are, I don't think it's the right age to really strive and make money. You should strive to learn more first. The plus point to that is now at 25, you can barely have enough capital to buy a sub-sale property. I can absolutely understand. You shouldn't have that much money in the first place. Huh? Okay. But at 30, let's say you give yourself five years, really gear up yourself, upgrade yourself in terms of knowledge and skill sets, earn more money, increase your money earning ability. Then at 30, when you come back to Malaysia, guess what? I think the selling price is not going to be any higher. I say 10%, big deal. Now it's 750,000, 10% is 820,000. But your earning ability can be like 9,000 to 30 over 1,000, 40 over 1,000 across five years. The possibility of that happening will be way higher. So if I were you, if I'm your big brother or cousin, right, at 25, bro, chill, okay? Because you're only having 25, have you explored that side of the world before you even want to come back to Malaysia? No rush at all. Property investment is not something that you will instantly or somebody can guarantee make you money. Especially when you are talking about you being and a foreign land still buying a new property here means that you don't have not enough capital yet you don't have the enough right resources yet because i will actually challenge that besides kl central what other locations have you been through because a very apparent difference as well after me getting to know a lot of investors from singapore of a lot of investors in uk right the unfortunate truth about how malaysia deals with data is very very different i would really argue like how valid it's your data. Like when they say like selling price and all, selling price and all, is it presented by an agent or is it presented by the person trying to make profit out of you? Unlike UK's brochures, right, you will have an audited rental data that they need to cite from a particular paper. So it's real audited data in Singapore. It's managed by one of the top best government bodies in the world, most efficient body. So compared to Malaysia, Oh, I say can rent out 2007. I did it though. Got proof or not? To what percentage? Are you confirmed? But when you ask them, can make money? Yeah, sure can. Yeah. But looking at the question again, like you say, is this a ready project or is this a new project? Maybe I got it wrong. But 
looking at it, right, whether or not it's a new or sub-sale, I'm trying to understand the first question, which is the bank valuation of 10 to 15% more than the selling price. Certain layout has lesser than 10% margin. I don't really understand the question here. My assumption, if this is a completed project, meaning the project is really completed already, there are people living in it, and now you want to buy, the market valuation of the property is actually higher than the selling price. So does that guarantee you the margin when you acquire? With that assumption, I'm going to answer this question. Uh, no <laughs> There's been a topic that I spoke before uh, There's the difference between market valuation Versus market price In Malaysia, in other countries I think it's the same thing But in Malaysia it's very different Market price meaning The price that the market is going to buy from you Example Like now when the property is 750000 right The valuation when you say 10% higher Is 830000 825 for example So 830000 will be the valuation price Why wouldn't the seller then sell at 830000 Instead want to sell you at 750000 Because you will not buy the property If it's not 750000 Anything more than that You wouldn't buy already So the market acceptance level of that particular project is 750 because the neighbor may be selling 760, 770. No one actually sells at 820. But in the perspective of market valuation, then the banks are okay to give you 820 in terms of valuation. What's going to happen then if you really were to proceed with this sale, you can take 90% of 820,000. That would be the maximum loan amount that the bank can give you. But you need some engineering in terms of the paperwork. If not, they will just take from the SPA price instead so to answer your question again 750 is the price that you're going to buy the property 820 is the market valuation does that guarantee you that you already make margin from the purchase not exactly because in malaysia the norm is there'll be a gap between the market valuation versus the selling price because they are examples of the other way which means that the property is actually sold at 750000 but the bank loan only provides 500000 They think that the property is actually overpriced. But do people still buy? Yes. They still take loan out of 500000 which is the max that the bank can provide, but they pay the rest in cash. Well, those are done with different intention in mind, but that does happen. Then the second question, is this a good investment from your point of view with four ringgit per square feet rental return? Um, it depends on several things it depends on the property location itself then it depends on the loan tenure that you're eligible it depends on the monthly installment that you're going to pay and it depends on your appetite or your preference of risk that's why it's very hard to have a standardized uh, perfect investment property or whatever that's why i encourage everyone to invest early because you can qualify 35 years loan and your monthly installment is going to be the lowest ever and that allows you to get a rental rate that is actually lower which puts your property in a winning position when you want to put it out in the market so let's say when people need to rent out at 1007 you rent out 1005 you also can make money already so that's good lah, right and that put you in a better position compared to you investing when you are only eligible for 20 years or 15 years of loan tenure immediately your monthly installment is going to be like 2.5 times higher just in order to break even right 
very very difficult so my goal my own game right how i'm playing it is i always use the monthly installment that i need to pay as a level to gauge the investment quality so that's number one number two is the median pricing so it doesn't mean that i always uh, invest in all grade a locations only like the popular ones like like you are going for kl central uh, klcc uh, KLCC not so good already now because it's a bit too overpriced. Then Monkiara la, Ambang la, Cheras. Actually, every location has its median price. So, for example, in Monkiara is around 800 per square feet. If you're buying something below that, like for example, 700 per square feet, then you are making a good investment already. What you don't want is to buy at 1000 when the median price of that location is actually 800 people will take you as the ceiling then so you are not in a winning position as time goes by then we can also talk about the preference of returns a lot of people invest in property with the mindset of flipping it later with the mindset of making a lot of money when they flip well the flipping thing don't really work anymore now i think when the bull run really do come when malaysia really recovers from everything then it's a whole different story in the meantime i'm playing a game of building equity using investment assets means as long as the rent can cover my installment every month so as long as it's break even or even like negative 300 400 ringgit a month i'm fine i'll just leverage on other people's money other people's time other people's resources to hold it for the next 20 30 years so what's going to happen at year 25 or year 30 the property is entirely going to be mine as the loan is really paid off year by year by who by the tenant not me so even with zero capital appreciation i am earning from all this already the setback to this strategy it's the pace of return so wow by year 30 how already sean so already but that's the game that i'm playing because think about it what's the upfront payment or upfront investment that i need to do minimal compared to those who are looking for flipping so you can go industrial you can go commercial properties those property flipping activities really do make money don't get me wrong just that i am not in that game yet question number three which is what would be the best strategy to allow positive income and sustain um the very first point to that question is remember that best deals are crafted not found it's a norm for malaysians especially when you are young there's not much capital within the bank right no much savings and they want to start investment the only way out to that is to walk into sales galleries and just buy from it what's actually happening there is you are buying properties at retail possibly the highest price in the market well if there's no other choices if you don't have enough money right you don't have enough capital that's the only outlet that you can start the journey with but if you have some form of savings if you have some form of connections to investment group or you have a youtube channel that talks about property <laughs> so with those extra things that you have that allows you to be in a winning position during negotiation for example if i have 10 percent or 15 percent in my bank account i can actually go for sub sale so i can really wait and wait until people release the unit at the price that i want then i further negotiate from it so let's say 750 is it the best possible deal because if you walk into sales gallery that's the date price you can no longer negotiate upon that they say lah right but it's a sub sale property why not 740 why not 730 is there ways that we can agree at 720 i pay you upfront cash or i pay down payment faster 
or I buy you dinner or whatsoever. So there are always things to really push yourself into a winning position more during negotiation. Then for new properties, instead, instead of buying from the developers who are pricing very well, so not all projects sell well in Malaysia, right? Not all 100% so on. So some developers they are over ambitious during the initial pricing they will face some difficulty in clearing stocks so this gives opportunity for a lot of bulk purchases in the market where we buy properties in group in bulk from developers so that gives us a better price a better competitive edge in acquiring them so we often acquire properties at a discount compared to those initial buyers that's why these are not as easily available in the market if you ask around a lot of new buyers right there they are pretty much unaware of such situations because such thing one may legal may all those property is cannot sell one right yes they are right most of the time right these are not illegal just that these are done in a non-open format or a private format because what you don't want is to offend the initial buyers that invested a lot of their money in your brand, in your product. So if I'm a developer, I sell my properties to the first 10%, right? Well, thank you very much for supporting me, but after two, three years, not much sale already. But I will still need cash flow to complete the project, right? Where this money come from? I will need to somewhat sell my apartments, right? But how do I do that? I can openly, hey, now, okay, I minus my price. I reduce my price by 30%. The initial buyers are going to come after you right so what they do is they go underground settle with all these private purchases and this is another phenomenon that compared to singapore and malaysia our market in malaysia is not as transparent you will never know what price i'm paying for the property a lot of people think that that's the spa price no <laughs> no so because of that you can either see that as a very weird arrangement thing or a very dodgy thing. But you can also see it from a very optimistic side, which these are opportunities. Mm. So those are when you acquire. But after acquiring your property, then just like the unit that I'm renting right now, right? So this stands out among the other listing when I was choosing unit. So when I was trying to rent this place, they got like 15, 18 other similar size, similar orientation unit. Of course, different flaws. Lah. But this unit stands out because, check it out, the right lighting, the right ID, it gives me the right mood at 100 extra per month. I'm okay with 100 extra per month in rental. So I got this place because of this. This is how your unit is going to stand out compared to a bare furnished unit, air totally empty, even if it's 500 cheaper. Would I want the unit? Of course, there are people who prefer those kind of unit. Don't get me wrong. But... I don't. I don't want to buy my own furnitures. Then a year later, I need to move all the furnitures out again. Yeah, why? Right? I don't really know any families who brings around their furnitures all around already. So the answer to the questions, there are things that you can do before the purchasing process and after you get the keys to the unit to really set your unit apart from your competition. And with that, you are in a better position to get positive cash flow and to get positive income. And the fourth and fifth question, which is the estimation of the longest period you can go untenanted is a year and uh, anything else that I need to be aware of. I think we covered that in the first portion of the question already, which is the Forex exchange, right? Then the ultimate exit plan. Are you going to be settling in Malaysia or are you going to be settling in UK? 
entirely up to you but maybe a curveball that I threw is maybe don't even consider Malaysia's property just yet. Give yourself five years to really build yourself up until you have so much money, right? You can buy property in Malaysia in cash form, which I think is not challenging at all with the currency exchange rates, right? Wow. Like now, I just recently just booked a UK property, right? The initial 20% is already a fully paid apartment in Malaysia. So yeah, you, you get what I mean? 20% there is already a fully paid apartment here that can generate rental already. Well, of course I have my own agendas. I have my own objective for why I choose to invest there because I fully played the Malaysia game already. So that's something that I'm trying to do for my kid instead, just in case he wants to go to UK for studies. Lah. <laughs> anyway, that's a story for a whole different day. And I guess that's all for this episode. So Kuma, Thank you very much for sending in the email. For those who still have any questions regarding real estate, do just email me at T-A-N-I-H-E-R-N-G, T-A-N-I-H-E-R-N-G at gmail.com or you can just DM me on Instagram. I will do my best in getting to all of y'all. Thank you very much for watching and see you guys on the next one. Ciao.